Hi, Nicole. Hi, Evie. Cheers to the queers. Cheers to the queers. Oh, yeah, that's good. How that's are you? Good. I'm great. I'm great. How are you? Tell me about your weekend. Um, well, I... Let's see. Uh, there's a lot of work, actually, this weekend. I did get out to uh, Nature Preserve, though. That was pretty nice. Um, got a little bit lost in it. It's actually a fun story. Uh, last year, I went to this exact Nature Preserve, and I got so lost <laughs> for, for I mean, we're talking a good couple hours, that I consider drinking lake water because I was so thirsty. And I made it walking stick. I'm not exaggerating. I'm not joking. Oh, my God. Have I told you about our love of Naked and Afraid? No, but that's... I mean, I was not naked, but I was afraid. Okay, we make Naked and Afraid videos. That's... Okay. I don't even know where to go with that, but... are exactly like what you're talking about. Like, well, I found this nasty green water, but I'm going to boil it and... I mean, it's... it's, Yeah, well, I couldn't boil it. But I I might have scooped a little bit out with my hand. But we do, yeah, we do. uh, I have one like that at a pool, actually. Callie and I, (laughs) we're at the pool. That's actually really funny. And we're talking about the nasty brown lake water that we have to try to drink. And I pretended to drink it. And it's just. Maybe I did see one of those videos. Maybe I think, maybe I think you did show me one. That's really funny. Yeah, Yeah. that's, so that I was, I was in that situation last year uh, for a couple hours where it started to get to the (laughs) point where I was legitimately concerned. I had no service. I couldn't like call out it just kept it was just it was like a joke but it was like i felt like um michael scott in the office i don't know if you watched the office no. but when he tried to go camping and he like cut his shirt and put it around his head and it's just and i was laughing i'm like this is it's, i'm in southfield how am i this lost and so I, I drank a little cup of lake water and then i found a lady walking her dog and i realized it was literally just like a big circle and there were like houses on the other side of it and i was i i, I must have been walking within like i don't know 150 Wait, feet just in cir- are the 9 mile one 10 mile oh, okay it, but it's between 9 and 10 miles so yeah it is that one it's like it's no no it's not no cuz i'm talking about the one it's on 9 mile the one i'm talking about well, and i don't know if it's really a nature preserve as much as it is like a nature walk does this have like the big rocks like there's kind of like this when you pull into it there's to the right it's uh, like um i they must be doing something with it they have all of these rocks there and they're putting them in kind of like a formation so it looks like they're building some kind of park there but oh, i don't know yeah so i mean it's it's a um and then on the one side there is a lake so it's it's not no, small. This is definitely not the same place. It, it's not big, but it's not small. Okay. But it's pretty small, and it's embarrassing. <laughs> and I was freaking – I was just getting annoyed with myself that I was like, oh, no. It wasn't even that I gave a service. It was that I was using Snapchat. My phone died. And I was just like, what is going on? I was going to – I don't know. I was – I honestly – I if I had my phone worked, there was a point where I probably would have called 911. I was embarrassed. And ridiculous. <laughs> but I did drink a little cup of lake water. So, anyway. Um, you came out with your shirt around your well, head. I, no, but I considered it. But I went back. I went back this weekend and I conquered it and it was fine. I found my way in and out and it was actually really pretty and it was kind of like the leaves were all falling. And it was um, just it was, I don't know. It was like very magical looking. It was like it was 60s nice. this weekend, wasn't it? Yeah, it was really nice. So, um, but other than that, yeah. So that was a good week. Yeah, right on. Awesome. Well, did you get to see any of the? Did you drive? Take a drive to see the fall colors? Well, that's the thing. Um, I ended up having to help my mom out a lot this weekend with work. Uh, we had some bigger things come up, so I couldn't go on my intended drive. And I was going to do that today, but it was raining, and yeah. it's really like I'll tell you what for the, for all those other leaf, uh, you know, the people that love the leaves out there. That's the nerdiest thing I've ever said. It's so much better to see it with the sun. Like oh, it it's is. just so different, you know. Like it's just. 
it, you just don't get to see like the half of it when it's like kind of cloudy and rainy. So I didn't want to. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. We'll see. Hopefully it's sometime this week, but yeah. So I did go to the nature preserve to see the leaves there and it was well, pretty. I definitely saw some fall colors this weekend. Yes, You were out of town. The colors between, uh, on the drive home between Muskegon and Grand Rapids I were bet. unbelievable. There were just stretches where it was just, I mean, jaw dropping the colors yeah. that were happening. It was so beautiful. So that's, that's kind of where that like, um, where you're talking about, but on the other side of the state, that's where I want to go. Yeah. So we're talking like midway up the thumb. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. And I'm thinking, um, I get done with work really early tomorrow. So I was thinking even just it's supposed to be fifties and sunny, Okay, maybe just shooting up there tomorrow for a little bit. Cause I mean, there's really, you really get out of traffic and everything out there. Yeah. And the thumb is a really interesting place. Yeah. My aunt and uncle live up there. Shout out to Lisa and Darwin. I love you guys. Lisa they Darwin. do listen to the podcast. We so love you. They're awesome. Um, my uncle's been sending me pictures all day today. I think we have cover art. For we have week. cover art from uh, Darwin, Thank but you, yeah, uncle Darwin. they're awesome. Uh, so they live, they have a, a cool house right up in the very, very tip of the thumb. Like they're so close to the water and it's, it's beautiful up there. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, so yeah, cool. Oh, I have a, so, Oh, okay. So two points of interest from my trip this weekend. Ooh. One, I drove by Walker, Michigan, where Ooh. Gwen and Kathy, uh, yeah, murdered five people. <laughs> <laughs> I said that. We both said that really enthusiastically sorry about that no disrespect to the victims there but at all yeah but uh that was kind of exciting you know I mean I was like oh there's Walker you know I mean I didn't really pay attention to Walker before but I saw it on the sign this time and I was like oh wow. there it is and then the other thing was it's a correction so I said that uh Gwen is being housed at Huron Valley Women's Correctional which is true but it's not in Port Huron, as I thought. It's actually in Ypsilanti, which is much closer. I, I see where you're going with that. Just we'll, letting you know. We'll talk about that another time. Just dropping that. <laughs> you can pick it up if you want. Uh, picking up what you're putting down. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about that after. I like it. All right. Start uh, the news? Let's talk about some news. Hear ye, hear ye. Read all, Read all about, about it. it. It is time for your vegetables. Time for the news. Um, My news is completely changing tonight because I just read the most horrifying thing ever that my co-host Eve showed me. Uh, I cannot believe I didn't see it before. It's the most horrifying. Worse than genocide. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty bad, mostly because it's just so casual. And I thought, I mean, I don't want to say I thought we were past that, but like for somebody who claims to be in the lgbtq community i thought miley cyrus might have been past this but she's not no she's awful now she's not no okay so what i am reading here is miley cyrus clarifies i thought i had to be gay comment amid backlash after shading sucky guys miley cyrus is thanking her new man cody simpson for helping her fall in love again and addressing backlash to the comments she made on the topic on Sunday, the Slide Away singer went live on Instagram with Simpson, 22, and spoke fondly about their blossoming relationship with the Australian singer while seemingly shading a strange husband, Liam Hemsworth. I, I, this is ridiculous. I was just being like, I don't know, hardcore feminist vibes and just not allowing anyone in. Not feminist. That's not feminism. Not feminist. Okay. That's, you don't. Hating no. men does not make you a feminist. Not letting Thinking people. Thinking all in. men is, are evil does not make you a feminist. That is not what a feminist is. It's so ridiculous. Feminism is not defined by men. 
That's perfect right there. <laughs> uh, Cyrus 26 explained before telling her followers, there are good men out there, guys. Don't give up. You don't have to be gay, she added, as Simpson used the heart eye filter on his screen. There are good people with dick out there. You just got to find them. You got to find the dick that's not a dick. You know what I mean? Gross. I wish somebody had told me this 15 years ago. Right? I don't I don't have I to mean, be am gay. I mean, am I, am I locked in now? Or do I still have to be gay after 15? I mean, I, like, what do I do? I don't understand this idea of, like, it's too hard to find a man. A man is a phone call away in, like, 10 minutes. And, like, a girlfriend is, I mean, having to complete, com you know. Blueprints for the. <laughs> yes. Like, draw up really, really difficult blueprints. I it's mean, like it's the motherboard versus the keyboard. <laughs> seriously. I don't understand that. Well, I mean, and so uh, then she continues. Um, after or the article continues, rather. After the Australian singer laughed at Cyrus's comment, she continued... I know I thought I had to be gay because all guys are evil, but it's not true. There are good people out there that happen to have dick. I've only met one, and he's on this on this live, she added, referring to Simpson, who smiled at her comment. I just can't wait till that dick becomes a dick, and they break up. It's going to be hilarious. <laughs> Miley, girl. I, that is just, I don't know. That's just a really, it's a really tacky way, thing to say. And again, somebody who's been pretty vocal about being part of the LGBTQ yeah. community for a long time. You just think that it's just such a careless, careless comment that like makes it just seem, you know, like everything that we work for and, and stride for in this community that it's just worthless because, you know, it, it's, it doesn't happen to have to happen. We well, could just look a little harder for the right man. Along the lines of like that stupid Louis C.K. joke that we talked about last week where, you know, it's like, well, it's not fun to be gay anymore because it's accepted. It's like, mm. it's almost a similar kind of thing where yeah. it's like, you know, it's, it's as if it's a choice. Right. Yeah, it's, yeah. Both of these are premised on the idea that being queer is a choice, right? Hers, hers is I was making the choice to be queer because I couldn't find any good dick. And, and his was, you know, the same premise, right? You know, it's not so fun to be queer anymore. Who wants to be gay anymore because it's acceptable? It's the same premise. Like, oh, we're making a choice. Yeah. And then on top of it, even if that was the case, for her to say, like, thank God I don't have to make that choice anymore. I mean, first of all, I personally would choose it because it's just way better. Right. But regardless, I mean, then for her to say, like, oh, well, you know, you don't have to choose that anymore. There are good guys out there. Uh, what a total, total banana brain. What a turd. That was on uh, People Magazine. Um, so I, we'll put a link to that article. Read it. And be horrified by it. Like oh, well, was. clearly she hasn't heard that it's really the iPhone that makes you gay. Mm. And speaking of, I just want to do a quick update on the lawsuit that we talked about a couple weeks ago from the Russian man who claimed that the iPhone made him gay. Sure, sure. Because he bought uh, butt coin instead of yes. coin or whatever yes, it was. Yes. Uh, just a quick update there. He dropped the lawsuit. According to Mr. Razum, Razumilov, that's Russian, not saying it right, no longer wants to continue the case because uh, he's citing concerns around privacy and safety, saying that Apple supporters have now been hounding him and he is, he's dropping the case. So... Uh, he needs, so Miley's wrong. It's Apple that actually makes he, you gay and he not needs, bad dick. He needs to go back to Android. He belongs there. <laughs> what other news do you have for us? Uh, okay. Well, this is actually pretty 
fun story. UK's first and only Chick-fil-A expected to close. Aww. Yeah. Chick-fil-A's first ever location in the United Kingdom is now expecting to close amidst a row of a row over that's odd. Amidst a row over donations to anti-LGBT groups. So basically everybody knows that um uh Chick-fil-A is, you know, yeah, Chick Fil A gets funding from a lot of um or donate no Chick Fil A donates to a lot yeah. of anti LGBT groups and their hands are in all the wrong pockets so there's a lot of backlash over that um and it's they're basically they're just not extending their lease after a six month pilot period so that is again the only Chick Fil A that's closing in so that's pretty exciting well for the, the Brits are better than us on that count. My last bit of news is about a gay man beaten uh, after meeting some guys on Grindr. Mm. Uh, this is out of Dublin, Ireland, though, so it's not a local story. But it does tie in, I think, because this could happen anywhere. Um, Mark Power, a gay man who lives in Dublin, Ireland, reportedly set out to meet a man he was chatting up on Grindr when a group of teenage boys set a trap for him. They allegedly left him bloodied and scraped up, attacking him with hammers and vandalizing his car. In a Facebook post, he shared his story along with photos of his injuries. I've been the victim of a premeditated homophobic attack here in Dublin, he wrote. They tried to kill me with these weapons. They didn't manage, but I'm in the emergency room in the hospital with facial injuries and my car was destroyed. I'm okay, but fucking angry. Of course you are. I can't even blame you. So police are looking into it, trying to figure out who the, this group of guys is. Um, last month, a teenager bypassed the app's age restrictions. He was kidnapped by a group of men in central India and held at ransom for the equivalent of about $7,000 until he was rescued by his father. And police arrested one of the perpetrators. In July, a Detroit man was arrested after using the app for an attempted robbery and shooting, leaving one man killed and another injured. So this definitely comes close to home. So, yeah, wow. You know, there's definitely, it says, we take a number of measures to protect our community from providing safety information to assist other users when interacting with others online, banning user accounts that violate our community guidelines, redesigning our in-app reporting process to obscuring geohashing data in the countries where it's unsafe for LGBTQ community, um, the spokesman for Grinder said. But there are things that we as community members ourselves can do to minimize, you know, the danger in meeting somebody online. And I don't have those tips and tricks for you, but we'll post something up in the show notes. And that's the news. That's the news. Them's the vegetables. Vegetables. And the vegetables. That's All right. the vegetables. We do hope that you enjoyed your vegetables. <laughs> As you know, <laughs> it's all Halloween. Pretty amazing. It is Halloween time. All Halloween, all the time, right now at Queered. And that's because. That's what gays do. Munch butts and celebrate Halloween. I don't know. You said something about munching butts. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we're talking about munching butts. This is the so podcast for... Munching Butts. Yeah, Munching Butts podcast. Okay. So, um, 
Yes, uh, along with munging butts, we are going to talk tonight about... Halloween! Yes, this, this is kind of a off script. Our favorite scary movies. Uh, Evie has some great um, information on, like, what... You could probably tell the information a little better considering you have it in your hands. I do. So basically, I, I found this article called 55 Essential Queer Horror Films. Um, oh, yeah. So we're doing horror films and haunted houses tonight. Yes. So I'm going to do uh, just some um, kind of general info on horror films. I love the genre. I love scary movies. It's my favorite thing in the world. Same. And, and I'm doing basically, I found, so this article is really great because it talks about um, sort of the history of queer people in horror yes. in Hollywood. Awesome. So yeah. And it's a very long article. It's very worth the read. I highly recommend reading it. Uh, again, the link will be in our show notes. Great. And also, we're going to do a little bit about haunted houses, too. Yes. Yes, because I found out some really, really interesting information about haunted houses. So, yes. yeah. All right. Haunted um, houses are very, very interesting creatures. Haunted houses versus houses that are haunted. Very different. Very different. Very different. Apparently, I lived in one um, when I was a kid, but my mom has some really, really kind of fucked up stories about this house that we lived in. Really? Yeah, yeah. Um as a matter of fact, we went to Saga Talk last year, uh, just for the afternoon, her and I, and she drove me by the house on the way to show me it, and she said she still gets it, when she looks at it, the vibe that's like, it's just not... Oh, Janice, yeah. I want to know more. I know. Well, so this, yeah, the stories are creepy. Um, well, I guess I'll tell you one, but apparently I, uh, every night, every night around three o'clock, I would wake up and crying and a snake bit me, and I was a baby. I was, well, it was like two or three. So I would cry that a snake bit me every night around this time. And it happened and I would limp <laughs> like as a, a toddler, like limp around saying that I had a snake bite for months. My mom, well, I don't know about months, maybe exaggerating, but weeks, my mom would like say that and she, you know, took me to the doctors and everything and they couldn't figure it out. And it was just like all this, so I guess I guess a phantom snake bite. Um, but yeah, so it's, I don't know. I mean, I didn't really get any vibe looking at the house, but. I've been in places before, though, a couple times, just a couple times that I felt something was off. I don't know where I stand on it, but I looked at an apartment once in Ann Arbor, and I don't know what the deal was, and I don't even know why I remember it, but I walked in there, and I turned around and walked out. Yeah. Yeah, I had the creepiest, like, no. I, when I was a kid, we were at a house, we were in New Orleans, or New Orleans, New England, <laughs> Very different area. Very, but, very different. But spooky in their own way. Very, yeah, that's very true. But this was New England. We were up there on a fall color trip. And we went to, you know, a bunch of historical houses and just things like that. And I, there was this one house that we were taking a tour in. And I knew where everything was. Mm. I just knew where all everything was. Where all the rooms were, where everything. It was really, really creepy. How old were you? Oh, gosh, second, third grade, like that kind of, you know, 10, maybe you're haunted. I don't even eight, seven. I don't even know. How old are you in second, third grade? I don't, I don't even know. But you're haunted. I'm, I'm, I'm done with this. Well, no, it's true. <laughs> Actually in college, it was <clears throat> supposedly found that there was a spirit after me from past lives, but that's a whole long story for another day. I feel like entirely. Cause that's just not this podcast today. Okay. But it is, I mean, it is this month. Like we got this, this is, we should touch back on that. Cause that sounds really interesting. Well, perhaps um, we will next week or I'm going to ghost you, <laughs> but because that's really scary. And that stuff. Oh, would you me. ghost me? No, you not ever I ghost me. 
Do you do you know the definition of ghosting? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you're, That's you're, what I'm saying. You oh, would okay. never ghost me. That's true. I'm not saying you wouldn't haunt me. I'm I'm sure you would. Um, we really got off track here. So yes. That's, that sounds very scary, though. Um, and yeah, that's a whole maybe conversation for another time as well. Okay, so do you want to? Yeah, I could start with like the. Excellent. Okay, so from 1934 until 1967, there was a production code known as the Hayes Code, which basically it was written in 1930s and it wasn't implemented implemented until about 1934. But it was a set of rules that were generally intended to keep movies from corrupting the people who saw them. And since homosexuality was considered either a physical or a psychological malady in the early early 20th century, the code effectively legislated any limited queer presence out of existence. So homosexuality wasn't explicitly banned in the Hayes Code, but, you know, you couldn't, no picture shall be produced with lower, that will lower the moral standards of those who see it. Hence, the sympathy of the audience should never be thrown to the side of crime, wrongdoing, evil, or sin. It was also codified that only correct standards of life should be presented and that sex perversion or any interference to it is forbidden. In other words, for a really long time, cinematic queers were pushed underground, relegated to existing only in the subtext and usually as the villains of the movies. Sure. In order to get queer stories on screen, filmmakers had to find creative ways to subvert the system. So horror films, in particular, have made for a very fascinating case study in the evolving perceptions of queer presence. Queer horror filmmakers and actors were often forced to lean into the trope of the predatory queer or the monstrous queer to claim some sense of power through visibility and blatant expressions of sexuality. Uh, So let's see. At the same time, the public was hungry for fantastical stories of monsters like Dracula and Frankenstein. Um, so as Harry M. Benshoff explains in his book called Monsters in the Closet, Homosexuality in the Horror Film, immediately before and during the war, the years of World War II, Universal Studios horror films began to employ a more humanistic depiction of their monsters. And the films of Val Luton, like Cat People, reflected a growing awareness of homosexuality, homosexual communities, and the dynamics of homosexual oppression as it was played out in society and the military. So even though Hollywood execs refused to show explicit queerness during the first true horror boom in American cinema, they were willing to pay for the stories about social outcasts and sexually non-normative figures. Horror fans thus found themselves awash in some of the genre's most iconic queer-coded characters of all time. And then it lists a bunch of... uh, Movies from the 1930s up until we get to the 1950s. Again, I highly recommend checking out this article and, and checking out all of these different movies. I'd like to go into some of the movies, but I don't know that we really have the time for it. Sure. So I'm just going to keep going with the history. So as Benchoff writes in Monsters in the Closet, the post-war era was a terrible time to live outside the prefab definition of what it meant to be a true American. So in the 50s, Um, that could be thought of as the darkest decade of the 20th century, both for monsters and for gays, as well as anyone else who might have considered him or herself somehow outside the hegemonic construct of normality. That is a great quote. Right? That is, yeah, I think I'm going to get that tattooed on my arm. A global war had left people at home wary of outsiders, which contributed to a glut of sci-fi pictures and horror pictures, 
using the American us against the foreign them. The 50s also laid the foundation for the, com the coming post-code era, so the post-Hayes Code era. Uh, the qualified compassion had been directed towards queer monsters during the years of World War II, evaporated in the blazing heat of McCarthyism. A new paranoia surrounding the difference, be it political or sexual, added to a socially oppressive atmosphere that fueled not only greater social persecution of homosexuals, but also, conversely, the beginnings of an organized gay rights movement. And a burgeoning Cold War combined with atomic fears and adherence to cookie cutter conventions made for a lot of very thinly veiled queer horror. In the 60s, it was a time of cultural upheaval. Feminist and civil rights activism were both on the rise. Anti-war protests would break out in response to the conflict in Vietnam and the Hayes Code was about to be scrapped in favor of the rating system that we have now. Okay. Interesting. The sexual revolution was on the horizon and the gay rights movement exploded into the mainstream view following the Stonefall, Stonewall Rebellion at the end of the decade. Similarly, on the queer horror front, lesbian vampires were about to turn from shame-filled creatures <laughs> like the Countess Maria Zaleska into sexually forward predators and a real actual lesbian character, not a ghost or a suggestion of one, would appear as a protagonist in The Haunting. Lesbian vampires. Yes. Oh my God, there's so many lesbian vampire movies in this. And in Australia. So many fact. of them, are, yeah, and in Australia. Um, some of them, most of them seem to be adapted from Carmilla, which I don't really know what that is. I didn't look into that. I don't know if it's like an opera or... Well, we'll have to look into that. Yeah. Okay. So moving into the 70s, the lesbian vampires are loose. Oh, <laughs> this article is awesome. I really, I'm like looking over Evie's shoulder and it, it looks really interesting. I definitely recommend looking at it. I will. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Oh, and the movie, The Haunting. So the original Haunting, the movie, The Haunting of Hill House was adopted it was remade and now it's been adopted as a series on netflix yeah i did you not watch it oh I think it was so okay good. i was gonna say i watched it i think everybody watched it because it was brilliant yes brilliantly done there's another season coming out yes. but i think it's gonna be a bit different but yeah the first it's season a was different house entirely yeah and the lesbian in it theo hot gorgeous just beautiful made me want to wear gloves everywhere right all the time yes Good call. I might think start thinking about doing that. <laughs> so the lesbian vampires are loose in the 70s. As film scholar B. Ruby Rich writes in her book, New Queer Cinema, The Director's Cut, consider the state of gay and lesbian theatrical movies in the U.S. before 1969. Arguably, there was no such thing. Just a scattering of gay and lesbian directors, often closeted, making films that were masquerading as mass market heterosexual fare, albeit with the occasional gay or lesbian actor or subtle wink. But with the final dissolution of the Hayes Code in 1968, the 70s saw the cinematic gaze come sprinting out of the closet, even if they didn't run into the most flattering light. Sexual liberation was upon us in America, and so it followed that the monsters of horror became hypersexualized too. And with the swir the surge, the swerge, the swerve, the swerve into queer visibility I like that. following the Stonewall Rebellion. LGBTQ characters were more explicitly present than ever on screen. 
subtext finally became actual text. Of course, queer characters were every bit as monstrous as they had ever been, but at least they were stepping out of the shadows. The celluloid closet was finally opening up, but there was still a long way to go when it came to representation. And there is a long laundry list here of lesbian vampire films until we get to the 80s where we have the resurgence of conservatism, the AIDS crisis, and the mainstreaming of queer culture. The 1980s were a kind of bridge in queer horror cinema as people were beginning to acknowledge the presence of queer commentary and themes in genre movies. An increasingly mainstream cultural, cultural presence for LGBTQ communities coincided with the emergence of the AIDS crisis and a conservative political wave that ensured the survival of the monstrous queer. Gay, lesbian, and trans characters were conveniently slotted in as murders in movies like Dressed to Kill, Deadly Blessings, Heart of Midnight, The Fan, Cruising, and more. Medical and psychological cures for queerness had become slightly déclassé, but the moral majority ensured the war on queerness would stay a religious one. With the fight for equality on a collision course for the family values appeal of the Ronald Reagan era... Fuck you, dude. <laughs> Sexuality, either the expression or the alleged perversion of it, stayed connected to frightening violence, and the gritty turn toward graphic, graphic violence ushered in by filmmakers uh, such as Ho Toby Hopper from the Chain Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Wes Craven, Last House on the Left, made the more made the genre more explicitly explicitly violent at a mainstream level than before. It was more glamorous because, hey, it was the 80s, setting the stage for stylized, violent erotica in movies like The Hunger and Hellraiser and modern ultra-cool villains like Bowie's John Blaylock, Kiefer Sutherland's Vampire David, and Chris Sarandon's Jerry Dandridge. Yeah, the 80s was an interesting time for film. Oh, yes, yeah. it really was. So in the 90s, we have gay vampire dads. Oh, <laughs> That's what I'm going to refer to 70s, the 90s now as gay vampire dads. 70s was lesbian vampires. Is, the 90s, gay vampire dads. No longer Dawson's era. It's gay vampire dads. Go ahead. It's perfect. It's very family friendly. Queer cinema went through a distinct transformation in the 90s with the arrival of what B. Ruby Rich dubbed the new queer cinema, a movement that centered queer experiences on film while refraining from glamorizing its LGBTQ protagonists. No longer burdened by the approval-seeking sackcloth of positive imagery or the relative obscurity of marginalized produ production, films could be both rad radical and popular, stylish and economically viable, writes Michael Aaron in New Queer Cinema, a critical reader. Paris is Burning, for example, chronicled the experience of trans, Black, and Hispanic participants of drag ball culture in New York. My Private Idaho made stars of male prostitutes. My own private Idaho. Yeah, but for some reason it's written as my, my private. private Idaho. Oh, okay, go ahead. But I think you're right. I think it is my, my own private, private Idaho. Idaho. I don't know, maybe not. Lethal lesbians were made into complex heroes <laughs> in movies like Heavenly Creatures. Oh my God, I forgot about Heavenly Creatures. I almost Holy did shit. the whole Heavenly Creatures for last week, except Anne Rule, who is yes. one of the women, is I'm not exactly sure if she's actually a lesbian. If she's actually a lesbian, I mean, I understand Wait, that she's... It, hold on. Anne Rule, the writer? Yeah. Was in Heavenly No, Heavenly Creatures, Heaven? no, was about her. Are you kidding? No. Wait, she's gotta... one of the girls. Well, okay, we. I definitely have to circle back to that. Let's get back to where <laughs> you're at, but... Oh, my God. Okay. Go okay. ahead. Okay. Uh, Heavenly... Uh, 
These films are unapologetic about their characters' faults or rather crimes. They, they eschew positive imagery. This defiance was thanks in no small part to the onset of the AIDS crisis and the queer activism in the face of that fucker Reagan's administration that stayed silent as long as the disease was limited to being a gay plague. Um, in the context of horror, Nightbreed made a heroic activist of its protagonist, but only after he assumed his true monster form. Interview with the Vampire presented the dark and light of the queer monster experience by setting morally conflicted and empathetic Louis, talk about 90s emo, alongside the sensual and charismatic Lestat, drawn from the enduring vampire archetype created by Bella Lugosi's Dracula in 1931. Um, there's a really interesting one in 1994 called Nadia, which is a vampire one, and it's uh, Dracula's daughter. It sounds really good, which I have not seen. Definitely, definitely, definitely look in this article. It yes. really is really interesting. It's very in-depth. So here we are at the 2000s, out and getting proud. The 21st century brought welcome changes into horror with queer characters beginning to exist as actual protagonists in their stories, instead of being relegated to roles as outcasts, demons, sexual deviants, lustful mass murderers, tragic victims, and so on. Mm. Queer characters had friends and social structures. Americans had started welcoming programming like Will and Grace and The Ellen Show into their homes, making LGBTQ people appealing enough for mainstream network TV. Similarly, gays in horror movies could just go camping with their friends and worry about psycho killers were, who were just good old-fashioned horror movie maniacs instead of moralizing sin hunters or trans people made terrifying, like Silence of the Lambs, for example. Yeah. And then the 2010s. They're here. They're queer. Get used to it. In the early 2000s, movies like Hellbent and Make-A-Wish centered on queer stories with queer characters who, even if they had met bad horror movie ends, were blatantly out of the closet and not being targeted for their sexual identification. Since 2010, we've seen these stories go from low-budget B-movies with good intentions to festival darlings and con film festival honorees. Queerness has appeared more and more often as a simple character detail instead of a monstrous affect, and queer sex has even been rendered with more intention than just salacious voyeurism. At the studio level, there still, there still aren't enough gays or lesbians or bisexuals or trans people, and there certainly aren't enough positive renditions of any of these characters to make up for the years of gross stigmatiz stigmatization, but queer horror is incrementally getting more nuanced, more polished, and more empathetic, and with a renewed rise in social conservatism, the blunt force of horror cinema will be an essential art form in reframing and critiquing who the real monsters are in society. Ooh. Yeah. That's, that's that uh, article. So that's, that's sort of the quick and dirty history of, of queer horror cinema. That's brilliant. I didn't know any of that. I literally went into this just thinking of my favorite scary movies. And that's, I'm so glad that you did that. It's really, really inf like interesting information. I'm really happy to have learned. Yeah. I learned a lot from just reading the article. And there's so many movies on there that I really just... I have not seen. I'm into it. I really want to see now. Same, same. Um, so what's your favorite scary movie? Ooh. Oh, that's a good question. What's yours? I don't oh, I have to think about it. You're that person that goes to the what's yours? Um, I am because I, I don't want dead air. <laughs> good call. Uh, I probably, we probably should have talked about that ahead of time. Yeah, a little bit. So, um, podcast 101. We're getting there. My, I was like, that's your favorite scary movie? 
might be my favorite scary movie now too. Podcast 101. So what's your favorite scary movie? My favorite scary movie of all time is a movie called Session Nine. Okay, I've never heard of it. Nobody has. Well, except for the people who have watched it. But it's this, like, it's it's kind of a random movie that I actually, I was sitting at home in the middle of the afternoon one day and watched it. And I was, it was one of the only movies that, like, generally scared me. Okay, so it's genuinely scary. It's like, because I like horror comedy as well. Oh, so, yeah, I do okay. too. Yeah, but it's a uh, scary. It's one. it's not a. It's scary. It's atmospheric. It's creepy. I don't like gory movies. I mean, I do. I like. I love the old t- Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I think it's, that is a generally scary movie, like or genuinely scary movie. Yeah, and you know, and it's really gory. But I'm, that's not my favorite part genre. of genre of horror. But um, Session Nine. I really recommend it. It's about these guys who are sent in to clean up the asbestos. At, um, one of the, you know how um, during the 80s, they closed down a lot of the, well, they they loosely refer to it as like a sane asylum. But, you know, just yeah, those facilities, they were closed down real quickly. It kind of gets into that in the movie, t- the movie too. Right. Um, it's pretty interesting. About, about, Reagan. Yeah, about why they closed them down and, you know, what, what happened and actually what happened to the people that were, you know, that, that were housed there. Well, so they're just, it, it's this cleaning crew that has to clean up all the asbestos there. And um, I won't give much away, but like what happens through the week. And it's just, there are some just really scary moments that like still sit with me, like just images and like voices. And yeah, I think it's the scariest movie I've ever seen. I think it's one of the best movies ever. Oh, that yes, sounds yes. so good. I'll um, have to check it out. I watched a really funny one this weekend. What? Mom and Dad. I don't know. It stars Nicolas Cage and <laughs> Selma, Cage. Selma Blair as mom and dad. And essentially the plot of the movie is that, uh, Suddenly, I don't really know the reason. There's never really any reason given in the movie. Parents turn on their own children. So mm. so it's essentially the movie is about, I mean, they don't kill anybody but their own children, but they kill their children. That, and it, it's a comedy? It's hilarious. It It took, I don't know, about a half hour at least um, before, I mean, when we initially started watching it, it was one of those things where you're like, I really don't understand what's going on, but I can't stop watching. Sure. I'm not really sure that I want to finish this movie out, but I can't stop watching. Quite yet. Yep. And thank goodness we stuck around because it really, at first I was like, ah, I'm enjoying it. I want to see what happens, but I probably wouldn't recommend this movie. By the end of the movie, I was like, I'm a hundred percent recommending this movie to everybody everywhere. Cause it's hilarious. Okay, well, I mean, I I'm a Nick Cage fan myself. It's gory. It's got the you know the horror aspects yeah. to it, but it's funny. It's, it's like totally worth it. Kind of um yeah that 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 horror comedy genre is pretty fun. Like I, I even like I love Scream. Oh, I thought those were great. What about Scream Queens? I love Scream Queen. I know oh, you're a big fan. I'm a huge fan of Scream Queen. I just the whole franchise, the Scream franchise is really good. And yeah. I also like that. I even like that. Not another horror movie. All the ridiculous stuff. Um, and I like genuine horror movies. Uh, yes. I remember in the '90s going to see the Blair Witch Project. Yeah. And literally being horrified because that was before found footage was a thing. Right. We went we went to the main art theater, middle of the afternoon, 
and we were both, uh, I was with my friend, um, who actually lives in, um, Australia now. And his name what is, is Noah. Our connection with Australia. It's something we should, I think it's the lesbian vampires. I just, it's a theory. We should go on tour there. Or is it a hypothesis? It's just a hypothesis because we yeah. haven't tested it. We should go on tour there. We should. That's what it is. Okay. So my friend Noah and I, we went to see uh, Blair Witch Project and it was pretty, it was pretty terrifying the first time because he just didn't know. And like when the, I don't, um, I don't, it, I, it's not really a spoiler. I mean, it's, the movie's been out for a hundred years, so I think everybody's watched it. But like when the kids are like, or the kid noises and voices are outside of the tent. We were like, what is going on? This The woods are actually haunted by children? Because everybody thought it was real. I was actually reading a bit about this movie today. Um, the budget was, it was a $60,000 budget, and it made $248 million. Wow. And this is in 1999. That, like... In today's money? Is a trillion. I did the math. Um, <laughs> I hope nobody listens to it, but <laughs> you know what I mean. But no, it's... Uh, it's so good, and, it, and then it was so good, and everybody was like, "These people died." It's on film. What happened? I what well, I say everybody, but I'm everybody. <laughs> it's like, why they filmed it? Why aren't the police involved? There is a witch in the woods. I mean, it was very traumatizing, and I loved it. I love horror, and I've seen the other ones too, the Blair Witch, but nothing will be like the original. So when I was a kid, I saw uh, The Exorcist. Uh, I was getting get it to that. Okay. The Exorcist is some, it's a beast. And it was one of those movies. Okay. So my mom, you know, I was not allowed to watch these movies when I was a kid. So you go over to your friend's house without par parental supervision and you watch Halloween. And I think it was Halloween four. I'm not exactly sure. There are a lot of them there. I think it was Halloween four might not have been, it might've been an earlier rendition and the exorcist in one night. And I had, nightmares for weeks yeah the exorcist was probably i mean like now i mean it just doesn't hold up with the bad effects and all of the things but i mean that movie terrified the shit out of me especially as a little catholic girl yeah who wanted to be a saint oh no not ew <laughs> that wasn't nice i mean what <laughs> i don't know i don't know where that came from i was kind ew. of thinking on the exorcist and then you said saint and i was like wait what okay I mean, yeah. I mean, you know. So that movie definitely impacted me as a kid. It was terrifying. It's so I I looked up um the top three horror movies of all time, grossing horror movies of all time. First of all, the number one grossing horror movie of all time is It, the first chapter in 2017. Which really yes, which was an absolutely brilliant movie. I mean, it's I never saw. I haven't seen it yet. Oh my! It is. I mean, I've seen the original. Yeah. So so the original. Okay. The original is good. It's just so bad. I mean, it's movie of the week style. It's yeah. that kind of kitschy, like overdone. If the Lifetime Channel did Halloween movies, it, that would that, be a Lifetime. But it's, I mean, but but um, uh, who was Pennywise in that from Rocky Horror Picture Show? Tim Curry? Yes, Tim Curry was Pennywise of that. I don't, I don't remember yep. that. And he did a brilliant job. But the new It is just, I mean, it's, I think it's a masterpiece. It's so good. And it was, so the 2017 was the number one uh, grossing horror movie of all time. Okay. Number two is The Sixth Sense. Um, funny thing, I actually went to see that movie, but I had to leave a little early because I had to drop somebody off, so I completely missed the whole twist. 
And I read about it later, but it wasn't the same. So that really ruined the sixth sense. Yeah, which is so weird because I don't feel like the sixth sense holds up over time. No, but it, I mean, we're talking about no, like grossing of all time, like okay, money gotcha, wise. Gotcha. And the number three was The Exorcist. Okay. And well, think that... of when The Exorcist. There's and actually, there's um, I should have uh, probably researched this a little bit more, but there is a podcast about The Exorcist, and it's about the things that happened during The Exorcist. And I strongly recommend it. It was really good. Um, I'll remind me next week. I'll actually bring up the actual name, but it's okay. a brilliant podcast because it tells you all about like the making and the things that did happen during it. Now, yeah. of course, those could be you know attributed to any number of things but weird things did happen sure fires on the sets yes that's like just things that yeah but yeah. that's i and it i don't know yeah of course the cgi is different i mean the effects are different i think it holds up in a lot of ways it does get when you watch it with a young person though it gets a little silly with the like <laughs> but i mean it's the head turning it's uh, yeah jankety the crossing <laughs> i mean it's a little risky but it's also really i mean it's a great atmospheric scary movie. Agreed. Like, I think it's one of the, the music. It is one of the all time yeah. greats as I far love as I'm concerned. Horror movies. I love the whole season. And um uh onto that also haunted houses. I love haunted houses. You do, I know. We were going to go to one, but I know that didn't quite work out. That happens. Um, maybe this weekend. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, maybe. But so uh have you been to a lot of haunted houses? Oh I try to go every year. Absolutely. Yeah. How about you? No. I've only been to like a couple. Are you serious? It's literally. Okay. I, so for the longest time, Amos would not do haunted houses because she would, she was afraid that she was going to punch or kick or sure. hurt somebody. Um, so our, for the longest time, our compromise was haunted hayrides. Fun. That sounds fun. But then we found the haunted house that we'd like to go to uh, here. That is so fucking good. I mean, the, everything that they do, it takes, it's, Probably takes 30 minutes to 45 minutes to get through the entire house. It was built to be a haunted house. It was not an old house, like just refigured. So every year they improve it and make it better. And all of the effects are just fucking phenomenal. I mean, it's, it, it really engages all of your senses. I, I don't know about saying the name of it. I don't know. Sure. We can promote okay. it. Okay. Yeah. Rotten Manor. Rotten Manor. Yeah. In and around the Metro Detroit area, go to Rotten Manor. Yeah, definitely. Why not? Um, uh, Metro Detroit's kind of actually apparently known for its haunted houses. Erebus is uh, number three in the United States. Oh, I'm not surprised by that. Um, and my sister works not in the building, but basically the building next to it. And her and my nephew have been in the commercial for it. So, Oh, really? Fact, yes. So um, they're basically famous. Yeah, they're and they're basically run a haunted house. So. And I'm famous adjacent. Yes, and we run a haunted house. That's really we we own it now. We do. oh, that's exciting. <laughs> but um, but yeah. So uh, Rotten Manor though, I actually when I drive out there out in um that area, it's in Clarkston. It's I mean it, it's there all year long. So there's just this house in a field with this like what is it like um. A joker or some I don't some kind of face in the front of it, but it's just there all year long. So you can drive and like I don't know about the face. That must it, be a new it's addition. It's like a big thing, like a big, and it's like Rotten Manor, and it's like out there, but you can see it like the house just stays like that. So they're yeah. like like anytime that like you go to the Renaissance Festival or something on that road, it's right to the right. That house is still there. So all year long, it's like that. Okay. Oh yeah, and they well they they've added uh haunted like asylum. That's cool. And there's a haunted part of the woods as well now. So, I mean, it's just, 
I'm telling you, if you go get the package deal, do both of them. It's worth the money. It's worth buying the fast pass too. I don't normally. Yeah. I normally am not a fan of the fast pass. Totally worth it for this. Uh, can I ask about how much it is? It's like 25 for one, 35 for both. And I think it's an additional 10 bucks if you want to do the fast pass on both of them. To, to, to go to, into a hundred, like $45. Yeah, forty five bucks to go to both the haunted house oh. and the haunted like woods. I better asylum. die. I better just die. No, forty five dollars. It's a hundred percent worth it. It's a very. It's. I mean, I guess it's right. No, it's right. But you think about you're paying about a minute. Yeah, a buck a minute. Okay, I better at least be stabbed though. Oh, you probably will. Okay. Be. I mean, if I pay forty dollars for a haunted house, I better die. The actors, okay. the makeup, it's all just phenomenal. But like, yeah, no, I mean, I guess it's okay. So that is the common price round. So I did a little research on haunted houses. Yeah. Um. What I also found was this other place that they call a torture house. So, oh, I've heard about the torture yeah, house. When though. you start when you start looking into haunted houses, um, you can't you can't get away without seeing McCammy Manor. Okay. It's it started in San Diego. Okay. And now there are three locations, and it's insane. I mean, I don't know how else to say it. Like, I start, I watched a couple of videos today. Um, I was thinking maybe we could put a link to it because there's one video where the dude was literally buried and asking for help. That's it's, terrifying. Yep, McCabe Why Manor, do people pay for that? Well, they not they don't pay. You just have to donate dog food, which oh, but there's a twenty seven thousand person waiting list, and you have to sign a thirty page waiver, and nobody's ever completed it. What? Nobody. So some of the things that they might do to you. Oh no. Electric shock. Electric shock. Um, submerge you in water. Bury you, which I did see. Literally, when I say buried, I mean hundred percent buried. I I don't know how the guy was screaming under the ground, but I don't yep. understand. Um they can hit you, they can, you know, cause pain, and they might give you unwanted dental work. What the fuck? So, <laughs> What are you talking about right so now? So this is a whole different... So you'll have to watch the videos. Everyone, I recommend looking up this place. We will definitely put a link. It's, yeah, McCamey Manor. And again, the, so it started in San Diego. It's just a house. And this guy was like, again, he doesn't charge people. He's just really like, he really likes Halloween. And he likes the haunted houses. That's and he just bullshit. He's a sadist <laughs> and really likes torturing people. Yeah, well, pe but people, 27,000 people... That's the waiting list. And again, he doesn't charge any money. And so it started to be this thing. It was kind of an underground thing. And, you know, obviously people were hearing about it. You find out you're in it. You go right away. And nobody's finished it. And it's hours long. And some, they don't, obviously there's not uh, exact information about what goes on there because, you know, they can't give it away. But there are some snippets and videos and people. So he does, when you quit, he makes you say you quit. And that, um, a McCamey Manor stole your lunch money and drank your lunch milk or something, just some something along the lines of like, I can't do this. So it's and like an escape room, except you never escape. Yeah. Um, and it's filled with terror and torture. Unwanted dental work. And I did Look, see dental work is already head trauma. That is already what I call it. So unwanted head I trauma. I know. Is, I'm never signing up for that shit. <laughs> so. Yeah, and I, I mean, I've seen the videos that people are wearing the. I, I can't. So, I, well, it's literally a in a dentist chair, I have to get the laughing gas. Yeah, every fucking time, even if it's just for a cleaning, because 
Do they give it to you or do you take it ahead of time? They do. They They do. And they make fun of me for it every time. But look, I literally have images that I am strapped in a serial killer's chair with my mouth forced open. Bikini manner. Unable to move. This is. That's that's the pictures I'm telling you is um they sh- they do that that holding the mouth open it's fuck so no. um so that, that seriously my biggest oh what no is, what is no. wrong with people so that's uh you know that's I an mean, option whatever to- floats your boat <laughs> I mean if that gets you you know if you enjoy yourself good on ya I'd like to hear that I, story I I will say from all the videos it doesn't even like people do they're the one guy was buried. I don't completely buried and screaming under the ground and quit. So I don't know. That just seems, it seems it's, it's like level 10, like just so, so yeah. So that's, um, that's something that I found really interesting. You know, there are like hints about other traveling horror places, like haunts, they call them that like, you know, kind of pop-ups that are supposed to be really scary. I couldn't find a lot of information about that, but McKamey Manor is, is, is pretty out there, pretty well known. So have you heard of Hell House? No. Tell me about Hell House. Oh, Hell House. Well, that's sort of the Christian version of a haunted house. The gross Christian version. Um, The one where, you know, people, you go into the haunted house and what you're seeing is a house of sin. So if... Sounds fun. Yeah. (laughs) You mean living there. (laughs) I mean, okay. So So basically, you know, you you see really graphic scenes of an abortion gone wrong. Oh, God. You see really graphic scenes of quote-unquote AIDS patients who've gone to hell. Are you fucking kidding? No, that's 100% true. When I lived in Arizona, I lived in Arizona in this town called Prescott, Arizona. You lived in Arizona in Prescott? Yeah. You know Prescott? Yes, I do. I had to randomly drive through. We'll talk about that another time, but what? (laughs) Okay, go ahead. Well, there was a church group there called the Potter's House, and they were kind of known to be a little culty. They had a big corner store there uh, in the main or downtown area. But they put on one of these hell houses. And that's where I first became familiar with the hell house was. And and this was, oh God, this is in the 90s. So they were definitely doing a lot of like super hardcore scaring of like AIDS and, and, and if you're gay, you're going to hell type stuff. Yeah. Okay. I don't know what's scarier. I mean, we can't be manner probably because it dental work, but that sounds also very scary. Yeah. Right. I mean, <laughs> scary, but not in a. Not in a fun. I mean, neither of those sound fun. Let's let me clarify that. McKinney Manor does not sound know, fun. McKinney yeah. Manor does sound a little bit more fun than a Hell House. Dental work. Mm. Okay, we'll have to think about yeah, that. Yeah, potato, potato. I don't know. Sure. Okay, so what is your scary movie? You've had a few minutes to think about it. Your favorite. Oh, well, so you, I mean, okay. you mentioned the exorcist. So that yeah. was obviously. Yes. Well, okay. So I'm going to, the movie that scared me the most that I've seen most recently, I don't know if I would say this is my all time favorite scary movie, but I would say that this movie terrified the shit out of me. That'll work. And it's the movie Hush. Ooh, good one. I, I only saw it on Netflix. I don't know it, where it was released otherwise. It's still on Netflix. I saw it not it's too long ago. Yeah, so fucking good. The chick from The Haunting of Hill House who plays Theo, the one that we talked about earlier, mm-hmm. the super hot lesbian in that one, we like is, her. yeah, we love her. Uh, she is the protagonist in it. And essentially she plays a deaf woman who can't hear that the fucker is in her house, right? I mean, like, it's fucking terrifying. 
Excellent. Good choice. So Good yeah, that Good. movie scared the shit out of me. So that would be my most recent movie that actually did its job and scared the shit out of me. And that's, that's rare for most, me. Yeah. I mean, most horror movies don't really actually scare me. Most of them make me laugh or cringe. Yeah. Same. But that's why session nine sat with me because it, it had me like scared. I felt scared. Yeah. 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 Genuinely terrified. Yes. Hush. Recommend it. Session nine. Recommended. Let's do our crushes. Excellent. <laughs> What's your crush this week, Nicole? <laughs> oh my god. Okay. Um, well, I was going with the thinking of like horror movies and <laughs> having to go back, and I'm gonna go with Nev Campbell. Oh. Because we were talking about Scream and right she's on. always a crush. She's always in the background, always right there. Nev Campbell. Okay, well, that's yeah, that's it. That's your that's whole it. crush. That's my crush this week. Yeah, <laughs> Nev Campbell. Should I? Okay, well, so I'm gonna go then with Jamie Lee Curtis. Good one. The original screen queen, and also, it's partly because of the scene from Scream Scream Queens, where she is beating the shit out of the Red Devil, and the Red Devil, and Antonin Scalia. <laughs> Have you seen that you scene? S- yes, I've seen that scene, and it's a brilliant. And Scream Scream Queens was ahead of its time. It's a very, very good show. Oh, my God. So ahead of its time. So good. It's so sad that it only lasted two seasons. I know. Bring it back. Yeah. But uh, we'll put a link up to that scene as well in the show notes, because Jamie Lee Curtis, not only is she a brilliant actress and an amazing woman, but good goddamn. She's the original Scream Queen. Yes. All right. Excellent. Excellent. That was fun. Good topics. Yeah. Good fun. All right. Great. See you next week. Ah, Bye. How about you check us out on our socials? Yes. Yes. (laughs) This is the worst part. We're terrible at this. I mean, are we terrible? Self-promotion is hard for us. We're getting there. We're getting there. So please subscribe, rate, and review. Please. Please. It's very important. And it helps us out a lot. And we're, you know. It helps us way more than you could ever possibly know. Um, And then find us on our socials, Facebook at Queerdos and Instagram Queered Podcast. Excellent. Well, yeah. See you next Tuesday. See you next Tuesday. Stay weird. Stay queered. Be queer. Bye. Bye. You know, I have this really creepy voice I like to use. I don't like that. I don't like scary voices. I know. Yeah. That's what's so fun about it. Like, I don't. Yeah. Stop doing that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs>